You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to the show, my lovely friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. I am super stoked that you are here with me today for the 101 episode of the podcast. Last episode, we celebrated the 100th episode, and it's really kind of surreal thinking that I'm in the hundreds now. So we are kicking it off with an excellent chat I had with my friend Nate, also known as Raw Natty Nate. He has a very prolific YouTube channel as well as over 100,000 followers on Instagram. He shares videos of recipes, how to grow microgreens, everything you need to know about being raw vegan, and just incorporating more fruits and vegetables into your life. We had an excellent chat all about his story and his journey as a raw vegan and how he made the ethical connection to totally change his lifestyle. He had at one point been a hunter in his youth. He had even gone as far as raising and breeding rabbits to kill. So it was a very interesting start to his story to now be a giant advocate for the animals and for a whole food plant-based raw diet for health. So we get into everything, um, how this all came about. It's a pretty wild story. It's almost like destiny. (laughs) But I don't want to give anything away. I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts. You can read a little bit about all of the topics we cover in the show notes if you want. But we're just going to jump right into it. So without further ado, here is my chat with the charismatic Raw Natty Nate. Hello, Nate. Welcome to the show. Hello, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I am so stoked. Uh, we were just talking for like 20 minutes beforehand, and I was like, okay, we got it. We got it. This is all oh good God. stuff. <laughs> we, need to, we need to record <laughs> this because it's important. Uh, lots of important little messages and things. Um, but before we get into all the details, um, I love to start with my guest's origin story, as I call it. So it's kind of like, how did you get to be raw Natty Nate? And what was the process? Because obviously most of us do not grow up as plant-based, vegan, or raw. (laughs) So what? how did you get to to where you are now? Yeah, that's a great way to start. Um, You know, like I feel most people raised the same that probably most people in the States and domesticated worlds are, are, you know, bacon and eggs and all the stuff, right? All the, the junk food, the cereal. So that's pretty much been my life all the way up until like my mid thirties. And I'd heard of vegetarian, obviously, like, and I'd heard the word vegan a couple times, but living in kind of a rural town of Oregon, a couple thousand people, um, you know, I'd be like, actually, let me let me let me start here. Like when I was seven years old, we lived in the desert, Mojave Desert. We would go to visit my grandparents in Oregon, and we would my my aunt and uncle lived on the river, so we'd go fishing. And I remember seven years old, I caught my very first fish, and 
I'm watching my grandpa like take the hook out and it's like starting to bleed. And I, I like felt really bad because I was like, oh my gosh, I hurt the fish. And I like put my pole down and I couldn't even really focus on fishing anymore. I just wanted to check the fish. It's in the bucket of water. And I'm like trying to pet it and it's like flipping around. It's just a little trout, right? And then it comes time. My grandpa's like, well, let's go clean the fish. And I'm like, clean it. Like, are we going to give it a bath? It's like, it's in water. You know, I'm thinking. And then we go upstairs or, you know, go up to the, to the house and I watch him gut it right over the sink. And right there, I like, I, I freaking lost it. I, I was so pissed at myself because I knew like, I'm the one that killed this fish. Like if I hadn't have caught the fish, we wouldn't have been, you know, like already I felt kind of bad sticking the worm on the hook. And then you feel the worm like go crazy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like, obviously the worm is hurting. You're just poked a freaking hook through it. So trying to kind of comprehend what I'm actually doing at that point in time at seven years old, um, was kind of tricky because of course, you know, you're, you want to be, uh, you know, showing your, your dad, your uncle, your grandpa and everything, you know, like make them proud. Right. So they were all super proud that I caught the fish. But as soon as I saw my grandpa cut that fish, man, I lost it. I remember like I ran to the bathroom and I was actually like punching my, my head, like punching myself in the head. I was so frustrated, so mad that I killed this fish. And then the rest of the evening was dedicated to giving me the talk, right? This is what men do. And this is survival of the fittest. And you got to provide for your own. And this is the circle of life and all the shit, right? So basically, they cook up the fish, had like one little bite of the fish, little lemon on it, you know, some herbs or something my, my grandma and aunt put on. I, I was just like, I wanted a gag. It was so disgusting. And so right then, I would have been vegan like actually ethically vegan, if I would have had family members been like, oh my gosh, look at him, the poor kid, like he obviously is feeling something. And this makes sense because nobody in my family was vegan, right? So they didn't have the connection, this ethical connection of like doing no harm, the ahimsa, right? The ahimsa, like uh, do, do no harm. Um, so anyways, basically from that point, you put the blinders on. You're like, okay, I'm a man. This is what a man's got to do. And I've got to be able to grow up and, you know, fish the rivers. And these are good skills to have. And so I grew up fishing and, you know, started to hunt deer and go hunt elk. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You kind of like turn the switch off. I actually had a, a neighbor who um, basically, how did it work out? I did some sort of a trade with him. And he's like, you know what, Nate, you'd be really good to raise rabbits. I've got rabbits. I'll give you some rabbits. And, you know, at the time, this is fast forward, you know, I'm in my, my twenties. I got together with my high school sweetheart. So we had like, you know, the American dream and, you know, I had my young kids. This is uh, probably early two thousands, got those rabbits and got really into building like the nice cages and understanding how to breed rabbits. And that was an interesting thing. Like I bred rabbits and actually did like only one time could I do the harvesting, the slaughter, because it was so incredibly heinous, right? Like to get really graphic here for our people, the only way to really do it is to knock the rabbit out and then you stick it on the, you know, you got the nails sticking out of the boards and you stick it through their their Achilles tendon. And that sometimes would wake the rabbit up and it would scream like a, like a little child, like just blood curdling screams. And I had my kids 
like probably six and eight years old or five and seven years old out there witnessing this. This is how we, this is, this is, this is where meat comes from. This boy. is survival. You this know? is survival. This is, yeah. We know what's in this meat. We raise these rabbits like, you know, and these are like, these aren't, you can't pet these rabbits, right? Like they're, they're totally scared of you, right? It's, it's just, absolutely ridiculous but it's what was interesting is realizing you know when i look back like man i actually had to flip that switch and i feel like a lot of us have this switch that you turn off like you can't be thinking you know with your heart say you turn off your humanity and i totally. sorry to interject but i this is a very weird reference but i have been watching it's kind of a mindless show to watch i've been watching the vampire diaries mm. which i've never watched before gotcha. and they talk about that that you switch off your humanity and that's what they say is like you have to switch off your humanity you have to switch off your emotions and when they do that that's when they become like this vicious vampire or whatever but like that that just made me think of that because that's literally what you have to do to exactly. to be able to Exactly. To do that job, you know, quote. Yeah. And, you know, people would say like, oh, you know, I used to raise chickens or, you know, we grew up like, like I'd have to pluck the feathers off the chicken and like smelling the chicken being boiled or cooked. Some people can never eat chicken because it's just the smell grosses them out. That's how it was for me with the rabbit. A rabbit in, you know, in the, in that industry is, is considered poultry. You know, and here I am thinking, oh, this is really, lean. this is a lean, high protein. Yeah, it's poultry. Right. And Weird. It's interesting. I had a couple people, I was working, I was a barista at a coffee shop. Um, and I had someone who, you know, like got in this conversation. I told him I raised rabbits and he's like, Haas and Pfeffer. He's like, I love Haas and Pfeffer. Oh, I would buy some off of you. And I was like, dude, you can have them all. Like I'll sell them all to you. I cannot eat these rabbits. Like the, just the smell is like so gross, you know, and I, you know, you're skinning them. They're white, right? Like I would tan the the hides, like these like suede, beautiful hides. And I'm picturing, oh, maybe I'll make like a bikini or something out of this and, you know, sell these like beautiful, it's just ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But exactly, like you switch off the humanity, you're totally, so I could only do that one time. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And like, you know, hunting, you know, other like big, bigger game, like elk or deer, it, it's a good skill set to have, or like knowing how to fish the river you know, knowing where the fish are going to be hanging out. I do feel in a way like I, I, I do have a little struggle in a sense of, you know, holding space for my friends who still hunt and fish in my heart, because I understand, you know, where they're coming from or what they're trying to do. I mean, they live like, you know, we're a rule, like, you know, I mean, only a less than 2000 people in our town, right? Really small town. Like, you know, everybody's grows a garden. You get an elk. Some people would go in on a cow and like split the cow, right? It's a, a more efficient way to, uh, you know, rather than the store-bought stuff. So there's aspects to it that's like, you know, in a grotesque way, like kind of beautiful, right? In the sense of being able to survive and like, you know, you, you know where to go. You know how to order up an animal out in the woods and carry it out right and of course like using that it's but at the same time that whole world is absolutely ridiculous with the lenses that I have on now so okay so here we are we're like um I'm watching family members get heart disease you know I never met my biological father but I, I had heard through my mom because she still kept in contact with his mom, that he died of 
congestive heart failure in his 50s. And I was like, wow, that's a trip, you know, and to growing up, I always pictured like, who is he? this? This guy is just a, another dude in the world. Like, why would it? Because my aunt would be like, don't you want to meet him? And I'm like, I don't want to. What would I say to this guy? Like, obviously, he, you know, he's a goofball. He didn't like stick around or nothing. So um, hearing that and then seeing other family members like cancer and heart disease and colon cancer and, you know, uh, like diabetes and, and they're on medications and all these different things. I was like, wow, this is like this is life. Like this is, I guess this is normal. I guess if we swallow our own spit, like, like that, right. Like we'll probably get cancer after 50 years because like everybody's getting cancer. So I'm in, you know, uh, the hospital, like I'm, I'm working in the medical field. Right. And of course, you know, life story can be like, take hours and hours. So oh, obviously to, <laughs> this is the condensed version, <laughs> trying to make the reader digest version. Right. So yeah. yeah. Like I'm working in the hospital, working in the coronary care unit in nursing, right? And I worked in old age homes, like, you know, through my nursing and worked with Alzheimer's patients. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting seeing the ages of some of these individuals in these facilities and, the, you know, the, the health that they were in or how their minds were, were working. And then I was working in the coronary care unit as, uh, you know, like helping patients get better after their heart surgery. So they would come where our unit was directly above the operating room, right? They would come directly up in the elevator from the operating room, just being cut open, having, you know, their bypass surgery or, you know, stents put in or, you know, valve job and all these different things. Right. And I'm like, man, this is incredible. Like seeing that and how the physicians even themselves we're talking about their cuts of meat and different things that they're eating. Oh, I'm doing whole 30 this month, you know, and like the, the medical industry is just a really radical place. And it's amazing in so many ways, hundred percent. It was a really great experience. And I loved, you know, my coworkers and the, the environment was wild. It's intense coming to work and doing chest compressions. Like you're dropping your backpack and like chest compressions on somebody. Somebody's going into cardiac arrest at like, you know, six 30 in the morning. You're right. So it was high intensity job. And that really was the start of me kind of like opening my eyes to hmm, what is our food actually like doing to us? And my mom was a retired cardiac nurse. She had kidney cancer, had that kidney removed, didn't change her diet or lifestyle. And seven years later, cancer comes into her other kidney. And it was like, right then I was like, you know what, let's, let's figure out how you can like heal this naturally. Like you lose your other kidney. I don't necessarily want to give you one of my kidneys. Sorry, mom, I love you. But, you know, like you're on dialysis the rest of your life. And that is like a life sentence. You know, you're plugged up to a machine. The blood's taken out of you to filter it and to put it back in because our kidneys are our blood filtration system. So she had this mindset. She's like, I'm already healed. I just have to do the work. Right. And we sent her to Gerson and we sent her to, you know, through kind of a couple different protocols, you know, like we as in you know i'm pumping her up like this oh you okay mom stick with it and she had that mindset and it was like interesting because during that time let's see that was 2013 so 2012 it was 2012 the winter between 2011 2012 i watched fat sick and nearly dead because i got really sick with like a really bad flu one of those flus you're in bed for like seven days, you know, just like cut off my head. I want to, I don't want to live anymore, you know? 
And I just did not want to be sick. And I started to watch YouTube. That's when I really kind of got into watching YouTubes was that winter. And I found Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, came across like Dan McDonald and, um, you know, Fully Rock Christina and like Durian Ryder and all these raw vegans. And I was like, this is really interesting, you know? And um, right then is when I was kind of just tapping into the nursing field. And so I kind of had this idea of what it meant to be vegan. Then I watched Earthlings, right? And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at what I am. I'm a part of this. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for this with my purchasing power. Every time that I buy a leather boots or a leather belt or a cashmere scarf or, you know, a down jacket or like all of these really horrific things like that's just, yeah. Like where is our humanity? Right. So but this is the interesting thing. I went vegan. I was like ethical vegan. Like there's no way I could ever do this again, right? This is 2012. And it was like, it's like easier to change your religion than it is your diet, right? Especially in towns. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing, Nate? You're crazy. You're not going to eat meat, eggs, milk, cheese. Like what's left, right? And, you know, like my ex, you know, my wife at the time was like, you know, going through her, you know, she's like tearing up and like, it's just, you know, full identity shift, identity crisis. Like, who are you? Like, where's my husband? Right. And so even after watching Forks Over Knives, Fat Sick and Nearly Dead and Earthlings, I put the blinders back on and turned the switch back off and went back to eating animal products it's just easier it's so much easier like everything in the world is set up for that you know like barbecues and drinking and all the stuff like let's get together and cook up some tri-tip you know so here we are you know it's 2013 my mom gets cancer i'm working in the cardiac unit and it just like clicked again i was like you know what this is bullshit like i need to i need to like switch it up because i'm looking at myself physiologically right? Like I, I'm not necessarily designed to be eating these kinds of products on the level that I'm eating them on. And I'm watching on a daily basis, what's happening in my unit. People coming in, like one of the respiratory therapists, he was on his 16th stent. Now, for those who are maybe listening and don't know what a stent is, a stent is basically like we have plumbing within us like a garden hose, right? So these garden hoses are all like running the blood through our system and they get clogged up. Like say if you were to slam some mud into that hose. So it's clogged up, the, the water can't flow, the blood can't flow. So a stent is essentially like a balloon that they work up through the artery and it blows up that section that's clogged enough to where the blood can flow through. It's a total band-aid. It is nothing to do with healing. This dude was doing his 16th stint and i was like yo like do you think this is like your wake-up call and he's like no way nate i'm never giving up my sausage and i'm just like wow like it's so crazy the the disconnection that we have with our bodies and with what we're doing to ourselves not let alone what's happening to the planet and how we're harvesting these animals right mm -hmm. so that was like working in a cardiac unit, seeing that, I think that was a huge thing. So now some people come ethical vegan. They never make the switch. They never turn the blinders back off. They're just like overnight, I am ethical vegan. I'm never going to be doing this again. And for me, 
I did do that for a moment. It was like a few months. So I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I wasn't necessarily full on vegan. I was really trying to like grasp the idea of like what it means to be a vegan. And because like we we're saying before the call, like veganism has nothing to do with diet. Veganism is an ethical stance against the moral injustice and exploitation of, of our animals and the resources of this planet. It has nothing to do with diet. But diet plays a massive role in veganism, right? So, yeah, my mom's doing the, you know, going through her thing, right? Where we're trying to figure out how to do it naturally. And she kind of taps into the raw world. And it kind of like rekindled my mind as to like, oh, yeah, vegan, like plant-based. I should be eating plants. I shouldn't be drinking milk and cheese and, you know, eating cheese and yogurts and all the crap out there, right? So, um, but it's still so hard to let that go, right? Like everything changes, your friends, you know, your circles and everything is changing. If you're going to change your diet, just like changing your religion. Well, and you know, you're talking about having the blinders on. I mean, when the blinders are off, just, it does. I mean, this is why a lot of people go back to eating that way is because it makes life harder. Harder. It makes life so much harder. It really hurts. It and hurts. It, it, is, yeah. it is easier. It hurts my soul. You know, it 100%. hurts my soul. Yeah. And like once you're like, you know, really connected to that con the concept of what it means to be a vegan, it's like, man, you can't go back. No. There's no going back. There is no going back. And people who come out and like, oh, I'm anti-vegan now because the vegan diet almost messed me up. It's like, no, no. Oh no. my gosh. You know, like. We'll get into that here in a minute. Let's please but, do because that's a yeah. whole. <laughs> so, so basically, here I am working at the hospital and making that connection through health, not necessarily ethics, more like self-preservation, right? Which some people come to a whole food plant-based diet and they're a whole food plant-based diet follower. They're not necessarily ethically vegan. They're self-preserving. You know, and of course, that's, you know, that, that has positive impacts, but maybe they still buy leather or, you know, silk, you know, and these kinds of different things. Um, but yeah, so then my mom, I was like, you're going to heal yourself. And when you do, I'm going to do what you're doing because I, I don't want to go down the same road. I'm watching myself like gain weight and I'm being unhealthy in so many different ways. I'm just living kind of like a gluttonous lifestyle. And of course, it's fun, right? You're drinking with your friends, you're out dirt biking or whatever and having chicken on a stick and stuff, right? But at that point, yeah, she did. She healed herself. And I, 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 was, I went back to vegan. I watched Earthlings again. Dominion was out at that time. So I, I, think, I, think, I, do, I think it was Dominion. And I was like really tapping into the ethical side of things because I really wanted to seat that image as to what I'm voting for and like rekindle with that seven-year-old who was like, no, who knew, right. Who knew it was wrong. It was wrong. And it's hard. You know, like we create these grooves within our, our, you know, neuro pathways of just habit and how things in and how things are and how we see view the world. And it's really tricky to change that. So, um, I'm vegan, right? Like I'm eating the processed foods, because there it is. Like people get messed up on a vegan diet because they're eating foods that just happen to be 
plant, you know, made out of plants, hydrogenated oils loaded with different salts and different things like not healthy whole plant foods, but processed, highly processed foods. So vegan foods in a way can get this bad rap because of the processed aspect to it, which of course these processed foods are brilliant in a lot of ways for people wanting to still eat their cheeseburger, but don't want to like eat the cow, right? But they're not necessarily good for us health-wise. So, and of course we got to take responsibility for what we're actually putting into our mouths, which a lot of people don't who go don't want to. back. No. They're like, oh, well, you know, the vegan diet almost killed me. And it's like, well, look at yourself. Like, what did you actually do? What were you eating? And how did you, how did you operate your day? Like you were drinking sodas and eating chips and just processed junk. And of course, yeah, like, you know, a whole foods plant centered diet with still little bits of animal products is going to be healthier than eating highly processed vegan junk food, hundred percent. I don't think anybody's arguing like processed foods is crap. So yeah. So I'm like, my mom heals herself, right? Kidney cancer, stage four kidney cancer. And her, her protocol was really intense. She read this, she, she went, she did Gerson therapy, followed the Gerson, you know, for uh, like close to a year. And it was really intense. We're talking like 13 cold, fresh pressed juices a day, seven coffee enemas a day all kinds of supplements like she was fighting for her life right yeah she was no doing, stage four i mean you'll do whatever you can yeah you'll do whatever you yeah. can and that's absolutely and that's uh that's you know in a way like that's what really draw people i feel like to the raw vegan way of living is they are struggling with something and they're like what's the cleanest purest most simple way to eat and of course you know like we'll tap into this topic here in a little bit but so anyways, she basically like did it with grapes. It was, it, you know, she read this book called The Grape Cure. I can't remember who, I should have the book written, you know, the author oh, written, the grape, the grape that. Cure. The Grape Cure. So she was basically like fasting and then drinking like grape juice, eating nothing but grapes and drinking grape juice with lemon, you know, juice, Concord grape juice. It was a pasteurized grape juice. So it wasn't raw, fresh squeezed lemon, during it with like a burnt wooden spoon because something with the charcoal, like this is like super out there stuff. Wow. But like the urologist, you know, called her on Sunday and was like, what are you doing? Like your cancer is gone. Like what the fuck are you doing? Oh my gosh. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to go raw. I've got to be a raw. Cause I'm like, I'm going to do what she's doing. I don't want to get cancers like my grandpa and uncle and all, you know, supposedly my dad and all the stuff. Right. So eight months go by, I'm still eating my chips and hummus, you know, like it's hard to give that kind of shit up. <laughs> and, uh, I'm on a, you know, a ski run or a ski lift. I'm, I'm getting ready to go on this lift. And I'm riding single that day. So I'm like holding up my hand and I'm yelling single, like waiting for somebody to come up. So that way, you know, the seats are, you know, packed. So it's just, you know, more efficient that way. So this dude hops on with me and he starts talking like, what do you do? You know, where do you work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a medical assistant in the pulmonary clinic, you know, and I, I wasn't in the cardiac unit anymore. I started working in pulmonary, I started working in endocrinology clinic, like people with diabetes, people who can't sleep, you know, people who are on a CPAP machine to like force air down because they cannot, they cannot breathe and oxygenate while they're sleeping. They're on all these medications. So all of these things are like piling within me, kind of like my, you know, schooling in a way of like, wow, look at how we operate our bodies. We don't care. The doctors, 
Yeah, the doctors themselves are even on the CPAP machines and on the, you know, they're eating the funk. And it's, there's, you know, it's very interesting, right? There's all kinds of different ways to live life as a human being. What do you want, right? And I, I wanted to be able to, I've always thought like, I, I want to be able to ski or snowboard with my grandkids. Like, how cool would that be? And here I am, skiing, you know, going on this lift with this guy. And I told him about my mom, because I'm like, it's been eight months and I'm still struggling, biting my nails. Like, I got to go raw vegan. Like, damn it. You know, like, I know how to do this. And um, he, I told him about her and how she reversed her. Yeah, I told him, I was like, yeah, I told her I'd listen to her and, you know, do what she's doing. But man, raw vegan, you know, and he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I reversed my stage four colorectal cancer at the age of 42. And I've been a raw foodie ever since for 44 years. And I was like, adding up on my fingers, get the fuck out of here. You're 86 years old. You're 86. And he's like, yeah, uh, raw foods, man, living foods. You are what you eat, right? You want to be alive. You want to be dead. And I'm like, that makes sense. Son of a bitch. I got to do this raw food thing. You're like, well, that's a sign, if anything. I mean, well, the real was sign was at the end of the lift. I didn't get his name, his number. I only got his first name. I wish I would have got his phone number and stayed in contact with him. Yes. He was on skis. I was on a snowboard. So getting off the lift, you know, before we get off the lift, he lifts up his goggles and he like looks right through me, like pierces through my eyes with his eyes. And he's like, you should listen to your mom, Nate. And I was like, ooh, gives me chills every time. Cause it's like, holy shit. Like, is this my future self? I mean, if we're all one, like essentially I could be talking to myself through this individual if we're all one, you know, on that right. level, right. right? Metaphysical. Right. I'm like, I'm telling myself through this individual, I should fucking do this. Listen to my mom, like become a raw foodie. So I get off the lift. I'm sitting down trying to strap up my boot real fast. And he's like, gone. I couldn't keep, I couldn't catch him. 86 years old. Like, was he even real? <laughs> sometimes i wonder like who was this guy maybe it was your future self in the future who came back to tell I you know. <laughs> i know i mean i thought i've i've toyed with that concept maybe so yeah so i went home that night and got on youtube and was like i gotta figure out how to do this raw food thing i need a meal plan i need i need help i don't know what the fuck to do and i don't want to live how my mom's living because she's fighting for her life i'm a healthy middle-aged you know i mean at the time i was like turning 40 i think i was like 39 yeah i was 39 i was turning 40 that year um and i i was just like i gotta figure this out like what do i do and then i i found this you know you start you know the algorithms pull up all the you know whatever you're into if you're into whatever the algorithms are going to give you more of those videos which is really cool in a lot of ways right so i found this chick raw food romance and i was like oh this is dope like she has a loving relationship with her food, which I don't have. I don't have this relationship with my food. I don't, right? I don't have this loving relationship with myself even. And so I started like binge watching her YouTubes and I was like, damn, she's like reversed her acne and she's lost 70 pounds. And she's like, has all these like amazing stories. And she had a really like sound way of communicating her message and her, what she's gone through. And she wasn't like fringe super out there, which a lot of people in certain niches can be like way out there, right? And I just really connected with her and was like binge watching her stuff. And she had a meal plan book, 30-day meal plan, how to go raw vegan, volume one, you know, it was a 30, 
30 days, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, every single day was different. So I'm like, wow, there's 90 recipes in this book. And there's all the ingredients that I need for every single day. There's shopping lists. There's the tools. I would watch her videos like, what tools do I need? I'm like, fuck, I need to get a Vitamix. That's $800. So I can go for a <laughs> right? So I bought her book and followed it along. I had some people come with me at the clinic to go raw with me, a couple other of my coworkers. And I would make the breakfast and the lunches and they were in charge of their own dinners. And I don't know what the hell they did for dinner, but I was like hundred percent like on this. I was like, I'm not going to stop. I want to be like this dude, John. Like the only way I'm going to do it is to go living foods, whole foods in their raw state. Like it makes perfect sense. You know, you bake an apple delicious, by the way, baked apple, <laughs> really good. You can't plant that apple and have it grow into an apple tree. You just killed the life force of the apple. Right. So the concept of raw is like, makes sense. Like we're eating it in its natural form. Like it's not like denatured in any way. Not to say that like cooked food is, you know, completely a toxic. It's, you know, I mean, there's lots of different, you know, uh, mindsets as to, you know, what cooked food is and how addictive it is, or how toxic it is. And of course there's, you know, aspects to that that are really true, but nothing to fear. You know, that's another thing is like, we don't want to be afraid right? Like we're doing this out of fear. I was doing this out of like self-preservation. How can I preserve myself and become this individual? Like I met, you know, he didn't fast. He was eating living foods, sprouted foods. And we didn't really like, you know, you're only on the lift for like maybe 12, 15 minutes. There's only so many things you could talk about in that time. But so I bought her meal plan book, followed it along and started to like man, I was just shedding weight like crazy. Like I, I dropped like nearly 60 pounds within seven months, which is a healthy weight loss, right? It wasn't like I was losing too much weight. It was like a healthy weight loss is like, what is it? Like, I think two pounds, a pound and a half to two pounds a week, maybe. I think, I think that's it. Um, but it was, some, yeah, it was something along that, along those lines. All the caloric breakdown was in the, the program or in the book. So I knew I was hitting my macros. I was getting enough calories. I was getting all of my nutrition. I started to track what I was eating through chronometer to see like, okay, cool. I'm getting all these vitamins and minerals. You know, oh, I should probably supplement with B12 and eat the Brazil nut for my selenium and I'm getting enough iron and calcium and all the stuff. Right. So that's when I really started to dig into nutrition, science, and, and just health in general. And, you know, I was like, okay, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. Like, you know, the, the connection of everything, everything is energy. Like, you know, why would I want to put dead flesh into my, the secretions of an animal into my body? This is not the proper fuel. If I was totally fucked, yeah, I could see that there would be, a, a, you know, important. That's, you know, obviously. Well, if you had we no other there. option, you lived we in. We had no other option, you know, right? you, Yeah, I mean, you lived in. Uh, if you're in a like third a, world country. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, like, you, you know, were an Eskimo fly. or lived in an, you were right. the Inuits or whatever. <laughs> like, totally. you're going to eat seal blubber. Yeah, I mean, now certain, it's disgusting. There's certain but... people like, we, yeah, we're very fortunate in so many ways in our domesticated westernized worlds where we, we have the choice. Like there's some people who don't have the choice and they need to have they know, have to animals. eat something yeah i mean they, yeah, have, they no, have to have animals they can't to help grow them plants, sustain yeah. life exactly so that's essentially how i became raw natty nate right and the natty was like you know i was into fitness and you know like i'm like oh, i want to be natural i don't want to like you know take all these pills and supplements and like you know i'll be natty 
right? It's like in the bodybuilding world, it's like there's natties and there's people who are on gear. And it's not like I'm like this big bodybuilder or anything like that. But I just thought it kind of had a fun little ring to it. And uh, so anyways, yeah, a friend of, I'm watching YouTube and I'm, I meet, I see this guy, Jack Albright, Raw Tropical Living. And he's this Southern Alabama dude with like long gray beard. And I'm kind of turning to him and Lissa for my inspiration as a raw foodie. And he's like, you know, bananas and mangoes this morning for breakfast. And I'm like, that's good. I can do that. Like, you know, or just simple green smoothies. And of course I had Lissa's meals for like delicious salads and like, you know, inspirational like content that I was tapping into to like keep my mindset there. Like just take it day by day. Say to yourself, I'm a raw vegan today, right? Then you get to work like, hey, it's Karen's birthday, Nate. There's cupcakes in the break room. It's like, I'm a raw vegan today, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> thanks, Karen, let me, come here, give me a big old hug, you know, like, oh, happy birthday, you know, thanks so much for the offer for the sandwiches and the carrot cake or whatever, but, you know, I'm a raw vegan today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it just, I just stuck it out like that, and um, I met him, Jack Albright, at Woodstock Fruit Festival, both my mom and I went to Woodstock Fruit Festival in 2017, and so I, I bought Lissa's book. That was February that I met that dude on the ski lift, February of 17, 2017. So coming on six years for me. And I, I knew that he was going to Woodstock Fruit Festival. So I was so excited to meet him. So I met him. This was in August, right? So it had been from the end of February, the beginning of March, right? All the way till close to the end of August where the festival was. And I, I met him, you know, we talked for like hours and, you know, I was like, oh man, I love this chick, Lisa, man. She saved my life. Like her book is so dope. And he's like, oh man, he's like, I'm going to message her. Like I knew they were friends. Like she went and visited him in Costa Rica. And so he messaged her and was like, you should interview this guy for a testimonial for your book on YouTube. He's got a great story. And so I come back from the festival and I'm like high on the festival fruit life, you know, and being around a bunch of raw vegans for, you know, 10 days. And was like, you know, just, I showed her my before and afters and told her my story and, and she reached out, we did an interview for her YouTube and I was going through a lot that year. That was the year, the beginning of the year, basically like when I went raw, you know, like my whole backstory of like my divorce, I was with my ex for 25 years, right? Like I was with her since I was 15 years old. So I was like a, a kid, right? And we, you know, we had, we were together six years before we had kids. We had an amazing life and she's an amazing woman. I love her forever, but we're just on like, totally, we're in different books. We're not even on different pages. We're in like different books. Right. So that was a pretty intense year. Like I'm going wrong, I'm going through this divorce and, um, you know, yeah. So when we connected me and Lissa, that was in October and we'd been kind of like, you know, my ex and I had been, you know, past year or so, like we had like some crazy stuff happen in 2011. And, you know, so it was like, there, you know, it was interesting, but I, I like, I just really loved this chick, Lissa. I was like, oh my God, this chick is so amazing. Like how awesome would it be to be with a woman like that? Right. So after the interview, you know, of course, like I'm a dude, I'm trying to like woo her in my own ways, you know, and. And she, like, she was really responsive and, you know, like, we just hit it off. We talked to like three in the morning and I'm like, this is so dope. Like I'm talking to raw food romance. <laughs> and, oh. and then the next day she messaged me and was like, oh, such a great interview. You know, like, it was really nice to meet you and yada, yada, you know, and like, 
I'll be sure to message you. And I'm like, you know, make sure you do, you know, cause I'll be sitting here like rocking back and forth, twiddling my thumbs, blowing snot bubbles, waiting for you, you know? Like, <laughs> and she's like, just, you know, like laughing. And we just like really hit it off. And we became like best of friends, talked every day, morning and night. And she like, you know, she's like, what do you think of this new cover for my book, Plant-Based Dips and Dressings? And I'm like showing all my coworkers. I'm like, raw food romance is asking me what I think about her cover, which cover? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So essentially, you know, like we ended up meeting. We, you know, took a trip to Las Vegas. Uh, first time we basically hung out. Like I took her, she, you know, we met in uh, Portland, Oregon. And, you know, at a friend's, a, fr a friend, book, or like it was a friend of hers. Like I knew who she was, but we did like this, you know, raw vegan potluck kind of thing. And, we had already been talking for months, right? Because this was in February. Yeah, it was in February. So we were talking in October and we talked every single day, morning and night, right? Because, you know, I'm like by myself, you know, like had my kids like once every other week, we would do the week on week off, you know? And so she was super responsive, like didn't leave me on red and all that kind of stuff. There was no games. Like we both knew what we wanted in life. And we just were like, like we could make a really awesome team, you know? So February comes, we did this loop, came down through Vegas. We're like, we should move to Las Vegas, like in the desert, you know, cause she's from Canada, like it's so cold up there. And she's like, I love the heat. I'm like, do you? I'm like, I grew up in the desert. I love the desert. And you know, Vegas is like really gross, like in a lot of ways, but it's also just like a city. It's just a city, you know, like it's like any other city. So here we are, like, I mean, long story short, like we're married. We live in Iowa's downtown Aww. Las Vegas. Like I, I found her on YouTube. I was, I was a fan of hers, like fanboying. And the only way I really feel that it worked out is because Jack was like, you should check this dude out. Cause you know how it is with like chicks and, you know, like they probably get messages from like, you know, oh, yeah. dozens and There's dozens always of guys. Creepies. And, yeah. All kinds of weird <laughs> stuff. So I, you know, it was really nice that, you know, he did that because I feel like that kind of, you know, helped her put her guard down and was like, all right, well, who is this guy? Like, give me an honest chance. Right. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So here we are now we're, you know, we, uh, we both write our books and she's an amazing content creator and her whole mission is just trying to help average people eat more plants, right? Like eat more raw fruits and vegetables. And then of course we're ethical vegan and that is something in a lot of ways that, you know, in this niche of raw vegans, there's not a lot of like real ethical vegans, you know, because people who get into raw, not everybody, but what we see, there's a lot of people who get into raw, it's more like self-preservation, you know, it's like, they're super sick and they are, yeah, it has, yeah, it has to do with yeah. them. It doesn't have to do with the animals. And if, if, you know, if, if it's better to actually incorporate animal products, like they have no reservation it's like for their own health kind of like you know ego centered and you know there's nothing wrong with that right i mean we're sometimes we're trying to survive and, and make it work but so yeah and we you know yeah we just here we are we're doing our thing like a, now. the raw the raw romance y'all should write a book that's called the raw romance or something yeah, i don't know right? the, the a raw novel food romance, <laughs> the raw food romance i do like y'all's love story i love it oh my gosh yeah so it's uh yeah so that's essentially you know like try to wrap it up as quick as i could i mean of course it's there's so much information to throw in there i feel like but that's how i became this crazy raw foodie known as Maddie Nate, you know, on YouTube and Instagram. And just basically our whole thing is trying to help people eat more fruits and vegetables. 
You know, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a raw foodie. You don't have to be a vegan to enjoy more fruits and vegetables. Of course, you know, the best thing to do is kick those animal products and the processed foods to the curb. We don't need them. Like all, and you know, when you start to research nutrition and research like, you know, say like protein, that's the biggest question. Where do you get your protein? You know, so there's 20 proteins, right? That are, you know, essential for the human body. And nine of them, our body does not make. We have to get them through our diet. And all of those can be found in plants. And, you know, it's like the science is there. Like we could, you know, like this is kind of where we're at. We're back in school, this and I both, because it's like we really need to make videos that really can paint this picture that all your bases are going to be covered if you're eating a, a well thought out and planned whole food, plant-based diet, especially lots of raw food. Raw food just makes sense. It's, you know, it's in its natural form, right? You're going to have, you know, less, uh, you know, all kinds of less, you know, less, less things, you know, happening within your body when you're eating food in its natural state. So yeah, that's, you know, really where we're at. And I met Chris because uh, Alyssa's mom was like, oh, you, you remind me of Chris, vegan sheepdog. You should reach out to him and you oh, guys can become friends. And we became friends, you know, cause he used to hunt and, you know, uh, I was like I having some struggles story. with my, yeah, I had struggles with my hunting friends. I was like, dude, what do you think? Like, you know, cause it's kind of tricky to like, I mean, you know, I grew up with these guys, right? Like you go through school and do all kinds of shenanigans and it's, it's hard to, to, you know, it's, I, I love all these guys, but you know, at the same time, like, you know, when we do our, you know, yearly snowboard or yearly summer trip, all I'm watching them do is just, you know, what I see them do. I'm like, you guys are like, fuck, killing yourselves. Like, why, what do you, you know, this is not like, all you guys are just like a beer alcohol meat fest out here. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, like, don't we want to ride and, you know, have like full mast flagpoles? Absolutely. <laughs> you know I, mean? Like, I mean, yeah. And be that, be 86 years old out there, you know, like right. feeling great. Right. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, that's, that's our whole mission now. You know, um, I mean, it's, it's been Lissa's mission. You know, she's been raw for eight. I've been for six, like, and our whole thing is just like, how can we inspire people? in ways to just to make that connection, make the ethical connection, make the connection to love themselves, build the relationship with their food, change their mindset, recalibrate the way they think about things and, and just eat more whole plant foods, right? So you don't have to be a raw foodie to be a raw foodie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the statistics, you know, well, we can, you know, go through different percentages and stuff. But like, if you're eating, you know, 60 or 70% of your calories coming from raw food, say breakfast, snacks, and lunches are raw, and you have a cooked meal for dinner, you're essentially like- That's huge. That's raw. That like huge, you're, yeah. you're, you're high raw, you know? So it's interesting here in this raw niche because a lot of people do come here with disordered relationships with their, with their food or with themselves, you know, and- a lot of people I feel like have serious mental uh, issues that are kind of hiding behind the, the raw vegan health label, but they're not like really concerned about, not to say that everybody, I'm just saying, you know, like I have a list of 150 people who have either like died or gone back to animal products or became anti-vegan for not taking responsibility to what they're actually doing to themselves with what they eat if they're eating too simply and 
these kinds of things. So, well, yeah. and like I, I can, there's several, you know, YouTubers I know that have come out in the past few years that I'm not sure if necessarily they were raw, but definitely like whole food plant-based. And then yeah. now they've <laughs> like, one of them is like now a carnivore on right. the carnivore diet, because that totally. makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, but <laughs> I know, like, I don't know if you, are you familiar with, uh, Goji man or like Mike, the vegan, they'll do videos of, you know, them going over these different people. And it's like, I love them both. Mike, I love both of of them. Right. That's one of our favorites for sure. And like some of them have done like, he like drank their own pee and it's just like, and you're blaming. Right. You can't. It's very interesting. And there it is. Like, you know, I mean, it's interesting because we are, are very, gosh, I mean, we're so complex as a human being, you know, we have different things we're going through and, you know, like that individual who did go down that trail, like for whatever reason, he was trying to figure out some sort of healing for himself, you know, and, you know, the body can only take so much abuse. Like if you are, you know, a parkour athlete where you're falling on concrete, like you're going to be sore, you know, like you can't like, I mean, you're not a robot, like, (laughs) so yeah. And then, you know, it's interesting because, we love extremes as humans. Like we love the extremes and we love like instant gratification. And, you know, that's what's really tricky is both Liz and I are in a lot of ways kind of, you know, against a lot of the practices in the raw community, which are, you know, fasting, water fasting, juice cleansing, detoxing, and all these kinds of things. It's like our bodies are detoxing machines. Like they detox all day long just support your body with whole natural foods in their natural state as much as possible. Drink your water, go to bed on time, brush your fucking teeth. Like, come on, (laughs) like, you know? So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun world to live in, in a lot of ways. And it could be really frustrating, you know, sometimes too, but of course, you know, to keep that empathy and that heart space open for other people to understand like where they're at in their particular journey and I this whole like on my journey and my healing journey like sometimes it's like oh so cringe everybody's you know talking about yeah and of course but we all are on but it is a journey dang it (laughs) it really is you know it really is yeah and so for people who are you know really struggling um with gut dysbiosis which I feel like a lot of people have issues with their gut they don't have a, a strong robust gut flora a microbiome and that's really what we're big into is lots of variety little bits of lots of variety to build your gut microbiome do your gut test do your blood test get your you know omegas tested see your levels like let's operate the body like we would a a multi-gazillion dollar maserati that's what the soul gets to drive right we treat our trucks better than we treat our bodies right we don't put value on stuff that's given to us for free. I can hear this body essentially was free. The mind was free, like, but we're put value on a, you know, $50,000, $60,000 automobile, you know, or something rather than, or, or say a course. You know, well, I got that course for 20 bucks. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll open it one of these days. But, you know, you spend $2,000 or $20,000 on a course. You're like, oh, I got to do this. I spent $20,000 yeah, on this you course. Get you get your money's worth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, so it's interesting it. how we don't really put value on stuff that's for free. and. Yeah, that's so that's the thing. It's like me and Lisa were like, man, we're never gonna be bored because there's so much to really like share and and teach people. Not that, you know, here we are like knowing everything, but we know a lot in our particular world 
and to try to help people like what you're doing with your podcast. You're, you have this platform, you're helping people like myself come on and hopefully somebody's maybe on a walk or a grocery shopping trip and listening to this and maybe some connection is made and we have watered those seeds that we've planted, right? Yep. And yeah. you go down the rabbit hole. As exactly. I say. And there's so many <laughs> rabbit holes to go down. We got to be careful. <laughs> oh, I've been down a lot of them. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh Over the last however many years. Um, well, what mine, are you... started, mine started in 01 after the turn of events in 2001, if you remember that. Oh, right? yes, yes. After that, I was like, all right, give it all to me. I'm like 21 years old. And I'm like, or no, I was 23. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how could this even happen? And that's when I started to really like have my awakening where I was like digging I was digging into everything. And so since then, there's been nothing that has been off the chart or off the table for me to, to look at. And to I like to hold all different concepts and theories like, oh, that's kind of a fun one. The simulation theory, this whole world's a simulator, there's non-player characters running around out there. Oh, there's a lot of non-player characters all day long. I, sw- I swear <laughs> to God. That's so funny because my husband says that like in NPC or whatever. And the, we're yeah. like, that person's definitely an NPC. <laughs> yeah. NPC or JPT just passing through. Or oh, you know, oh I haven't heard of that, that one. Yeah. yeah. My son came up. I don't know if he came up with that, but he was like, you know, JPT. I'm like, what's J? He's like, just passing through. I'm like, That's oh, I love fun. it. Like, we're just I like that one. Through, you know, but yeah, you know, here, like, I mean, really everywhere, it, it, you know, the, the concept, these sort of concepts, they make sense, you know, where there are backdrop people or people who, you know, are just a part of the program. You know, of course, they have their story. If you were to sit down and talk to them, they could tell you about their childhood and everything. Not to say that this is actually like legit, but True. it's a fun concept. Right? It is a fun concept. But and, you know, people on their journey, you know, like you and I have both on our journey, we've yeah. changed a lot. Right. Like and we're always 100%. open to change. We're always open to, to new ideas. Always, yeah. We're open to new. But some people aren't. And that and those are I feel like the non-player characters because they they're not. They're just. They don't yeah. want to change anything. Everything's fine. They're not open. Like yeah. they're ne- there's not going to be some moment that makes their br- brain just go, huh? Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, some people just don't do that. Some, some people don't have the capacity to hold certain kinds of information or certain modalities or concepts or theories. And, you know, very possibly that could be, you know, it, it could be a good thing sometimes melissa like we're like well we wouldn't be together if we were you know say say still asleep you know right right not to say that we're like woke people or whatever but you're awake it's awake i say it's awake i mean yeah yeah we're we're yeah we're like we're on our awakening journey our awakening path like what is really going on is this data real like when we look at the data you know when we say we watch something like seaspiracy or you know, something, you know, like these, these documentaries that are, of course, they're biased. They're trying to change the, the, the way that we're thinking. If that data is real, how could we ignore that? And just, you know, say, like, do, you know, like you ever see Wally? Remember that? Uh, yes. It's one of my favorite films ever. And it's what's happening right now. <laughs> For real. Like there yeah. it is. Like, and then, you know, like, that is like such like an amazing, that film is course, so good. brilliant minds behind, you know, creations of certain films to like slip their stories or their, their dreams into, you know, the minds of the masses. Here we are. Like we are like, we're heading, we, we definitely are impacting. We're impacting this place in, in not the most, you know, beautiful ways. And we, but we have the ability to of course like with technology and stuff like like 
we can grow for, like I have a microgreens course. I teach people how to grow microgreens, I how to sprout. I see that growing over there. Yeah, because we live 21 floors up in the in the high rise. We don't have a garden. There's our garden, right? And it's like you can grow food wherever. Like you could be in a food desert, get the seeds and grow them in your house. So you could grow some food at least, right? But yeah, we have the technology to really change, like flip the script. But what the thing is, is like we have to, there's so much information out there. And, you know, of course, when you are awakening, because you would never stop awakening to different things, like it's not hard to see that everything that we've really been told or taught is a lie. It's everything's backwards. Like, how is this, how is everything allowed to go on this way? Like, it's so, so there, that's something that, you know, really tripped me out growing up, especially like, you know, entering altered states of consciousness with, you know, plant medicines. I'm like this malevolent force that is like, has a stronghold over the minds of the masses. Like, how is this possible? But then of course, you know, we get back to this is the, 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 the prince, you know, the, the prince of this world is the darkness. Like Satan is the ruler of this realm. Nothing but empty materialistic promises right there's you know like the concept of like you know god knew he you know he would however the saying goes like he would hide in a place that he knew man would it would be the last place that man would look to find him and that's within right like so it's like when we go within and we actually like turn on our humanity we can understand like hey you know we have something really powerful that you know, we've been endowed with something that other creatures haven't been. We don't have to look to the natural world nature like, oh, look at the lizards eating that bug. Maybe I should eat the bug. Like we're we're at a stage where, you know, we could grow food inside like these big box stores like Walmarts and stuff that are shut down. I mean, imagine you walk in, you're like, let's go to the citrus section. You know, there's like grow lights and citrus growing back there. Like we have the technology to do some amazing stuff. Now, of course, it's not maybe getting the sunlight energy or the, but I mean, soil science, like we can create these, you know, environments to where we can like, look, we can get cucumbers and melons and tomatoes year round. Now for sure. And of course, you know, like it's not all of us can live on the freaking islands you know picking fruit trees and you know picking my dream <laughs> right yeah and i think it's like everybody's because of you know what we see through you know uh, advertisements and movies and stuff like you know man yeah 100 percent. so yeah it's it's a it's an interesting life living as a human being and you know having, <laughs> having a body is is like a full-time job too. Like, I mean, yeah, you gotta, I mean, making sure that it's working properly, but some people just don't like we're saying, you know, they don't want to take responsibility, but part of that is not necessarily their fault either because they are also told that you're told that it makes no difference what you eat. You go to your doctor and they tell you, it doesn't matter. You get cancer and you ask your doctor, what should you be eating? And they say, Oh, just eat your normal stuff. It's fine. You'll take the chemo. Everything's fine. Even if somebody heals themselves, from doing, you know, some sort of a naturopathic way, holistic way, the doctors, even though they're like, man, it's amazing. They can't share it because that would go against their whole belief system, their system. It would, you know, I mean, it undermine their whole practice. And it's just amazing how the food and drug administration, the FDA administers the drugs and the food 
which, you know, like we get sick, we go into the hospital, we take the pills to just combat the stuff. Like, I don't want to give up my sausage. Just give me some pills. You know, like that's the mindset of the masses in so many ways. But of course, this day and age, especially after the last turn of events, people are waking up in a different form, right? Like a lot of people are like going asking, because there's a lot of things that make you go, hmm, <laughs> if you have well, the let's capacity. Hope so. <laughs> right, if, if you, you were the there, yeah, but some to, people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> some people they still are like, whatever, you oh, know. So, I know, exactly. And it's really hard. It is, it's really hard. It's, it's a, uh, and maybe I shouldn't say hard. I like to say tricky. It's tricky to like make that connection, to make the change. It's not hard. It's really easy, but it's tricky to, to let go, right? We got to let, let go of certain things that aren't serving us. Maybe old, you know, relationships with friends or relatives, you know, choose our friends, choose our family. And, you know, and then of course, like educate ourselves to where we can have like intelligent conversations and ask questions. That's what's really cool about, say, uh, you know, being an ethical vegan is learning how to communicate the Socratic method, right? Like where you ask the question, where do you get your protein? And then you say, well, where do you think I get my protein? And that's then like Earthling he, Ed. He's so good at that, yeah. And that's exactly God. where I'm pulling from. Earthling He's Ed so is so like, good. A, a well-versed individual doesn't really get, you know, because so it's calm. So calm. We don't, there's no need to get emotional. And, and, but I mean, my genetic makeup, just how I am naturally, I get very passionate and I get very like emotionally charged. And it's tricky. Some people are very, very logical, calm, cool, and collected, and they make great debaters. And yeah, I'm terrible I'm at that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm horrible like, about what that. What the fuck are you thinking? You're eating a fucking dead animal. God damn. <laughs> like, I know. Oh, I'm crazy. so terrible. When I first went vegan, I definitely was like, which I think a lot of people do this, but they're so excited about it, right? They're excited about everything they've learned. And they're also just like mind blown of everything they learned. Like, how did I go this long? Like thinking that this was normal and this, and thinking that they had this magical life on a pasture. And then, and, and even then, like they still get their next, their throat slit. But anyways, yeah. I was definitely that. It was so hard for me to hold back my feelings. And I wouldn't, I would just, Put in my little two cents everywhere and everybody's like oh my gosh <laughs> well like rowdy renee right you know rowdy oh renee. yes i love her and their story you know and that's the thing like we all add to you know, we all have our we're, we're the piece to the puzzle right we all have something to share and everybody has their own take and and uh, there's this this vegan couple they're called that vegan couple and they're activists right like up there with like earthling i don't know how active they are these days i haven't like seen a lot of their content but i don't really search around either um but they had this great analogy they're like everybody has a hundred point system everybody walking around has a hundred point system so maybe they watch a documentary with a close loved one who's like please just watch this documentary with me and maybe that puts like 15 points into their system and then they talk to a friend at work and they're like yeah you know like a man i'm off my blood pressure medication because i just started eating more whole plant foods and so that adds like another 10, 15 points into their system. Now they're at 30. Eventually they reach a hundred points to where they're like, you know what? This just makes sense. Like, come on, we should just do it. You know, we should just kick the, you know, yeah. But if, you know, some people, it's really tricky to like live in moderation because I've always said like to my friends or whatever, you know, people who want to listen or asking questions like, hey, if we were to eat, uh, you know, if you were to eat, say, 
you know, 70, 30, 70% of your calories are coming from raw, whole, fresh, ripe plant foods, sprouted, fermented, right? And then the other 25% is cooked, whole food, you know, plant-based, like no animal products. And then that leaves you 5% to fuck around. You know, maybe you have some Taco Bell after that late night of drinking or something, you know? But you know how we are. It's a slippery slope. Like, who's going to be doing that? Like, you know, it just creeps back in. And then all of a sudden, your 5% grows to 15%, 30%. Now you're back to 50% of your stuff is, you know, I mean, and our world is not set up. Like Little Caesar's Pizza, two large pizzas for five bucks. Come on. Or, or, or $12 for two pounds of grapes, three pounds of grapes. What are you going to choose to feed your family? You're not going to be like, okay, we're spending 30 or $40 on grapes tonight, kids. You know, <laughs> get our, you know, and yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest having, you know, just grapes for dinner, <laughs> but it's, it's just not set up. And that's another thing that's interesting, like with these lenses that we wear, it's like, wow, like everything is twisted. It's set up for us to fail and to be unhealthy and to keep the, you know, these gigantic conglomerates just rolling up. in the dough, just rolling yeah. in the dough. And like, you know, they don't, care. Yeah. they don't care. No, they're making tons of money and they it's just have about like money. Yeah. 10 which, yachts. Yeah. Which that's, and that's, that's Satan right? That's the dark side. It's like, that's empty. Like, but besides the yacht, and of course these individuals, you know, they've got to be, you know, we see, I don't know if we watched the crown, the, the, uh, the, you know, series. And then we watched, uh, we watched about Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth and her sister, Megan. They had like a little, you know, documentary on the two of them. And then we watched the Harry and Megan. We went through the whole Royal. Oh, you did. Wow. Is, you you know, know, the whole Royal family story. <laughs> yeah. Canada's a, you know, the Commonwealth country and she's, you know, like, over here in the states we're like oh you know we don't know anything about the you know we ran away from the queen you know or whatever we stole some other land to try to get away from her or whatever the or the the royals but it's really interesting because you know it gives you some insights like how miserable some of those individuals are too oh that right? life like, looks yeah. terrible to me yeah they're just they're in a like a gilded cage you yeah know, they're, they're totally they have so it doesn't matter how much money you have or how many yachts or jets you have unless you have that like good connection with yourself and with God or the universe or source or energy or whatever we want to call it. Like it's empty, right? It's so empty. Like it's so much fun for sure. Like, you know, who doesn't want to like be on a 40 foot yacht going in the Caribbean or whatever. Right. But like, that's a lot of upkeep. And then you think, you know, everything's so out of balance. Like there's so many people who are you know, starving or, you know, it's, so it's, it's just, it's a tricky it's a tricky world that we decided if you believe in reincarnation and you believe in the concepts that we agreed to come back for some reason to finish our evolutionary journey. I know that sometimes soul. stresses me out to think about that. <laughs> yeah. It's Cause like, I'm dang. like, dang it. I don't want to come back though. And then we're like, yeah. well, you don't have to, if you don't want to like some, there's some camp that says you don't have to, if you don't want to. And then there's others. Well, then there's, that, there's others. There's another camp. I just kind of came across this one, like a few months ago that like, we're tricked like going towards the light sucks us back in oh no like, don't go so towards the light <laughs> i know so it's like oh man like all these different aspects either way like you know yeah there's there's always going to be suffering like we we come here to you know experience like 
all these things like suffering is a part of it and like it can't be all blissed out every day that would that would be boring like we have you know i mean of course we can't even fathom what that would be like you know but like we got to have the duality the polarity the drama because that's what this particular dimension or density is all about experiencing we're not you know we're in the physical like it's such a gosh i know it's so crazy you know but that's why you know it's like all right let's stay in our lane like this last couple of years is really tricky to stay in our lane and just you know pump the positivity and pump the raw food message and not go like you know sharing everything that we're into on our social media no. platforms I had a hard time with that. I'll be honest. Um, it's hard. It's hard. And you know, I, people, I, when you're, you know, you're gaslit, like I'm not going to be telling my kids that I was silent when all this stuff was going well, down. And that's how I felt too. It was like, I can't like, this is way too extreme right now. I cannot yeah. be quiet about how awful this, like, what, like yeah. how do people not see what's going on? You know? Yeah. So I was, I, I did. And of course, when you look at say, like when we watched uh, the crown, like everything that, you know, has, has gone down since the early 1900s. Like, I mean, crazy stuff. This is no, this is, is everything is the breath or the pendulum. Like every, everything is in flux and goes through the cycles. And this is a crazy cycle, hundred percent. And of course, you know, like there, I, I'm not denying anything about, you know, any of the stuff. Like I believe it all, all of it. Like it's, everything's a lie. This is hundred percent rolled by, you know, some really sadistic, forces and you know what we have control over though is hold in space there's there's just the two vibrations right it's just love or fear everything's an illusion everything that we see that's vibrating is an illusion right so and what what can we do to operate you know at a at the, at the highest function of our you know human experience which would be just like holding space for not everybody, but of course, you know, holding space sometimes could be telling someone to fuck off, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like I'm holding space for you, but yeah, you know, and then exactly like just the, the concept of energy, everything is energy. What are we feeding ourselves, right? Like what kind of energy are we putting into our body? And it's really interesting when you get into being an ethical vegan, you're like there's some really horrible energy involved in these products or the flesh of, a, of an animal, you know, not, not every animal is, you know, of course there's the whole adrenaline aspect, like the Yulin dog festival, right? The Yulin dog festival happens once a year. They kill like 10,000 dogs or more in, in, uh, you know, over in Asia. And um, the concept is the, the more horrific way that the dog can die, the better, the meat because of the wait adrenaline. what yeah you didn't know oh, that. i didn't know that that's how they that's their yeah. thought process for that their whole thing is like they want the most terror fear adrenaline like that's why they'll burn them alive so that adrenaline is rushing through the muscle and they want to eat the what that seems well, because like... like supposedly like you get like high off of oh it. my gosh Right. I and just died course, a little more inside. Oh I my know, gosh. I know. So it's, I mean, and of course, like there's so many, you know, we're, you know, we're crazy. Well, see, but. and my theory has always been because when I think of, you know, slaughterhouses, and I mean, I, you know, everybody, everybody in this country, there's lots of different reasons, right? That everybody's anxious and depressed or whatever. 
and yeah. and angry there's so much anger you know you see like shootings every all the young people i mean and old people right. are angry but it's like they're eating stress yeah. and fear and anger right because anger. or not necessarily anger i guess well maybe they and the animals should be angry um right. because when we when they're killed in a slaughterhouse they get that surge of all of these stress totally. hormones they know and then too. you're eating that flesh right you're eating like, that and you know, that be good? another thing that's interesting too is like movies and documentaries are wild did you ever see monsters inc that cartoon yeah yeah like that's really fascinating oh. <laughs> so that movie is you know the basis of it is there's another world that is not seen by the humans and there's monsters that live in that world. And what they do is they come into the children's closets. They have access to children's closets and they scare the children and they absorb and capture that fear energy to power their world. I mean, talk about a really fantastic Seriously. concept in documentary in a way like, cause you can picture like, holy shit, look at the, if, if we could, like, let's just say the fourth dimension or the fourth density is this energy of thought waves that we're putting out. What is, and, and, there, and there's possibly like a way to harness this thought wave energy because everything is energy. Like Nikola Tesla says, if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. What are we giving off? We're eating this kinds of, you know, products. It's making us feel a certain way. We're like hating our life. You know, we're feeling guilty. We're numbing ourselves with drugs and alcohol and sex or whatever. And like, what are we giving possibly like to this other? I mean, these are, yeah, these are, no, far, out, these mean... are far out concepts, but like, what are we giving to this other possible dimension or world that we can't see with our naked eye? Because that's another thing is like, we as humans only see within a spectrum, a light spectrum of like 200 to 400 hertz. So anything that's vibrating above 400 hertz, I don't know the, the exact number, right? But anything that's vibrating above or below is out of our visual range. So that's fascinating too, because it's like, what are we really not seeing that, that we can't pick up? Like if you could put on a pair of glasses and you're like, oh, cool, this pair of glasses is, is showing the, the range from 600 to 1,000 would we see an entire other world, right? Like who knows? I mean, that's really incredible though, that on the light spectrum, like we only see within a very limited spectrum. I never thought light. about it like that. So very possibly there could be like, you know, these are just fun, you know, uh, concepts to, you know, and of course, you know, it can drive someone batty, but these are what we're talking about. Some people, some people may not even hold the capacity to even entertain these ideas. And it's not that, you know, I want to sit here and be afraid because, I mean, I went through my anger stage and my afraid stage and, you know, and there's not, there's not like, of course, times that I sometimes don't have that, you know, surge up, but then I got to remember like, Hey, you know, like it's, everything is like, we're all going to be, we, we will be okay. Like we, I, I have faith that we will make it, but of course, you know how the saying goes, like if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would get done. So here we are. Are we coming? Are we coming to this last minute? Or is there going to be some other cat? You know, we don't know if there's going to be some other catastrophic event. Like what has the earth seen before? Like there's been civilizations here, if you oh, yeah. you know believe in that. Oh right? no, they're definitely yeah. did you see the yeah. what was that new documentary with um 
Graham Hancock or whatever. Did you watch I that? I saw that. Yeah, yep, yep. it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so fascinating to picture like, you know, here we are at this stage of the story. And, you know, have we been here before? Have we had these devices before? You know, I mean, have, have we been? And of course, you know, they say the military is like anywhere from 50 to 300 years more advanced than, you know, the civilians that's kind of fascinating like what what do you know these other you know the military it's like what kind of technology do they have access to and we have a lot of really amazing uh technology but of course there's yeah there's a lot of control and and these kinds of things all of this fantastical stuff is completely out of our our, our direct control except for what we choose to buy if we choose to be like, so I'm writing, like, I love to do backpacking. Me and my wife, will love to go backpacking and camping. And I'm like writing these companies like, yo, you've only got a 40 degree synthetic bag, sleeping bag. Like, where's the fucking 25 degree or the zero degree sleeping bag that's synthetic? Come on, let's get up with the game. What, what about us ethical vegans out here that don't want to have the down sleeping bag? Now, I understand the down sleeping bag is super, super awesome, super light. And, you know, it's going to keep you warm. But have but you I, seen a video of how they get that down? It's very disturbing. Like right? <laughs> and the people who, you know, are selling you the products at these stores, right? Like, they're like, well, well you know, it's harvested. Actually, no, 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 no. I mean, they, you know, no, it's like, no, nobody wants, no bird or no person wants to be held down and have their shit torn out of their freaking, you know, while they're still alive. No, it doesn't happen. So, you know, we have to move with the times. It's cool because now this company's like, hey, we're working on a 25 degree bag. We got a 30 degree bag. Now our 25 is coming out at the end of this month. And I've been hounding in this past year. So it's like, cool. Maybe we're making waves. Like we have the technology. Like we can do some really amazing yeah. stuff. Like we don't have oh, to. Oh, we've done all kinds of it. I mean, we don't have to keep doing this, yeah, you know, right. the way we've done things. Yeah, I mean, like, leather, whoa. the way leather is. I mean, we don't yeah. have to have. No, we don't. Shoes like, made it, out of dead animals. I have, you know, I go rock climbing and I've got a pair of rock climbing shoes and you cannot tell that they're not real leather, but they're, it's a synthetic, like a synthetic leather, a synthetic suede. You can't tell, like it is so incredible how durable and how it feels and everything, you know, cause leather products are, I mean, it's incredible. You could put on a leather pair of gloves and just go burling through the blackberries. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get scratched up. I mean, it's amazing, but like, okay, what goes on to get that? Like, ah, oh, do yeah, we really it's toxic. Like, I mean, people think that leather's so, they, they think that in their minds, it's so natural and and, and clean, but it's not. Yeah. It's it, no. the process and the tannery is right. toxic. And of course, there you go. Like, then when you start to look at these things, like you'll go to jail and be charged however many tens of thousands of dollars if you go in and try to capture footage of what's going on in some of these places something to make you go hmm like you know what are they like what why you know because why? it's so you want to hide it so much horrific. yeah yeah so yeah that's where like you know here we are we're raw foodies because it just makes sense you know like we're the ethical vegan because it's like well, what do we want to vote for like i have control over my purchasing power like what am i purchasing you know and of course like you know vegan means vegan sheepdog chris like you know i love his content it's so good you know like you know, oh, what difference does one person make since said 8 billion people, right? Like, yeah, like you're one, you know, like you do make a difference. You have to make the choice. Like, do you want to support this company? Do you want to support the the chains, the fast food chains, right? Like it's, it's so, but it's tricky. It's tricky. So there's a balance there. Like, we, yeah. you know, like, yeah. But I mean, so. this is how any 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 movement in human history has happened is because yep. enough people right. get behind it. I mean, and it does take time, you know. Right. 
And it's like, oh, we've been doing this for thousands of years. And of course, all the arguments are great. Like, well, you know, we did slavery. We had slavery, you know, thousands of years. Before. Like, was that right? Or like, you know, yeah, it's so, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, being, there's so much to know. Like, of course, we want to know all these things. So you have the answers for when these conversations come up. And sometimes it's exhausting. You're just like, I don't fucking know, man. Like, just don't be a dipshit. And eat, eat, eat plants. And stop eating animals. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to get into all statistics of, you know, what's, you know, because there's, Every like everybody has their their place like Mike the vegan Earthling Ed like they're brilliant these individuals in the work that they do and how they are helping raise awareness and you know if you're watching that's the thing though is people they got those blinders on they don't want to even look at it I'm like check this out look at where your milk comes from Nate I stop it I don't want it my my coworkers are like Nate don't show me so what happens though is a lot of times people come with uh, they get sick. Right. Like one friend of mine, she she has uh, she had colon cancer scare or, you know, like somebody has a breast cancer scare. And then they're like, OK, maybe I need to. And they're like, you know, where's some recipe books? What, like, what do I do? Hey, what do I do? Like, <laughs> interesting, you know, like once something happens to themselves. Right. So and I, I really commend the people who are ethical vegan who, you know, and of course, you can always tell the ethical vegans they're you know, like the joke is you can tell an ethical vegan because a lot of times they're overweight because they just, you know, they eat all the processed foods. They don't, they're ethical. I know. And my thing is, I just, I feel like it's, I, I, of course, I don't want to hate or judge anybody, but at the same time, like, I just don't think it's doing the movement the the most justice because then you're giving Mm -hmm. the other side so much ammunition if they can say, see, that's what happens. But there well, that's it is what you're going to look with, like, you know. There it is again. It's like it's taking self-responsibility. And a lot of times, you know how the saying goes, like when we're pointing the finger, we got the three pointing back at us, right? Like we need to take responsibility for our own actions, you know, and for those individuals who just, because some people just came here to party and get fucked up. You know? <laughs> like they didn't come here to heal and they didn't that's come true. here to, you know what I mean? Like they're, they come here to get like blackout drunk like every week. Ugh or whatever you know what i mean yeah and um i mean and, you know, i was hey, in college once <laughs> yeah, right yeah <laughs> and it's just you know i know and that was that was another thing for me is like as i'm at you know because we always had parties like we'd have keggers you know like we'd have we'd take everybody's keys we have like 50 people 40 50 people come to our house and big sleepovers and just it was so much fun like i mean we had so much fun the you know, being in that state where you're numb and you have all your friends around, and you love this song, turn this song up, you know, like it's really fun in a lot of ways. But after a while, you know, as you grow older, you're like, this is the same conversations every time. It's the same thing. Look at us. We're like, we're, we're pathetic. You know, it's like the remember wins is the lowest form of conversations. And that's really what these parties are. It's like, remember that, remember that time, you know, it's like, oh, are we doing this again? Like, so yeah, that's where it is. It's it's really tricky to to change and and to change our habits and to form new habits and to change. It all starts with the mindset. Like, what do we want? Some people want to be healthy. Like, that's what really that's what really sealed it for me. It wasn't the animals. I had already basically turned off my humanity, like you were saying, right? Like, so it was really I was I had that groove in there. For me, it was like, do I want to be on this hospital bed? Like, I'm probably going to be here if I continue doing what I'm doing. Because, you know, like, I, I mean, there's people who eat very healthfully, 
And, you know, even they have issues. Maybe they look thin and trim and you're like, wow, you eat really well. Like I only had one vegan in the years that I was in the hospital in the heart unit and his was congenital, like, you know, from birth. And uh, so it wasn't because of his diet necessarily. And then, yeah, so I know there's just, there's so many, that's where like me and Lisa were like, shit, we're never going to be bored. Like there's so much work to do. Like we have a lot of work to do to like spread this message and to try to inspire people to eat more plants. And then of course there's the, there's that whole argument. Well, the plants feel too. Oh my gosh. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, I I read, I read this book called the secret life of plants. Yeah, I've seen, and what I've, I've, is that the same guy who did, um, Back in the 70s, where the he water up, one too? Nope, that's Masterimoto. Okay, that's I've it. read that one. And then, but I did, le- I did my yoga teacher training and he, we did talk about that book and also like it was about the fern study. Yes, right. Yeah. Is that the same guy? Is that the, that from that book yeah, or that same yeah, guy? There's or? a lot of really, really fantastical studies in that yeah. book. And yes, everything is energy. Everything Everything's, is I mean, they're alive, energy. but it's yes. not the same. It's not the same right. thing. I mean. So, but one was interesting. Like they had, they, they had students come in and they had plants in the room. All the plants were in the room. One would draw the straw, like they all drew straws. And the one with the, the shortest straw or whatever would have to come in at a certain time in the night. Nobody else was there and like uproot one of the plants, stomp on it and like say hateful things. And then they put all the plants in separate rooms, hooked them up to these electrograph or, you know, electric cardiograph. I'm not sure what kind of a a machine, kind of like a, you know, lie detector test or whatever kind of machine. And they walked everybody in one at a time through the room in the main living room, but all the plants are in separate rooms, not in the living room. And when that person walked in who killed the plant, they all responded, right? So... I definitely believe that plants do hold, there's, there's a, that hold consciousness. There's a saying from like an old tribe that consciousness sleeps in the rocks, dreams in the plants, stirs in the animals and awakens in the human, right? And it's kind of amazing, like thinking like 100%, there's, there is some consciousness there. There's some energy there. And yes, you know, we are like, you know, harvest day for the carrots is the Holocaust, right? Like, yeah, but it, they have no central nervous system. They have, and of course, there could be parts of us that that's where like the breatharians come in, you know, like, and uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing concept. Like, it oh, is. We I would love to you. you. <laughs> right, we don't have to kill anything. Yeah. But there's, there's laws that, you know, that govern this realm and the body needs nutrients through food. And there's the whole microbiome concept of like, you know, what feeds, it's just, it's so fascinating, right? But yeah, that 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 argument is there's part of me that I'm like, yeah, there's like, you know, there is some truth there. But you know, of course, these plants, you no, know, maybe because we're we don't see in the light spectrum or we're not hearing in this certain spectrum, we can't hear their screams. Right. So there's that aspect. But well, there's also ooh. the aspect that like if you're eating animals and you're also eating plants and animals, so you're doing you're, double you're doing whammy double. here. Like. Exactly what I was going to say. It's like the people who have those arguments, it's like, well, you know, the animals are eating way more plants and killing way more plants. So at least we're doing the, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to do it's the, the least. Less, I mean, it's the yeah, least, least amount, amount of harm. Yeah. Least amount of harm. And then of course, when we look at the studies, right, like, you know, the China study and these different amazing studies that go on with what these plants do to us. And, you know, how they heal our endothelial cells and, you know, like, I mean, it's amazing. Like, how can we deny 
that they there's benefits there if this is a simulated reality really incredible that they wrote that into the program whoever they is right that these plants would heal us and nourish our bodies and grow back like one melon produces a thousand melon seeds right and you could plant that and grow more milk you can't do you can't cut off a hoof from a freaking cow and plant it and have it grow more cow like you know what i mean it's just so yeah like i said we have a lot of work to do we do yeah <laughs> yeah and you and i could talk forever i think um i do want to i would love to hear what your like what's your what you eat in a day you know people always love this what yeah. you eat in a day like what is your just yeah every day what does your day look like yeah so it's very very simple and it's pretty much the same every day um and of course you know like to remind people think about your pets they eat the same thing like the actual same thing kibble you know every day so we start off the morning with a liter of lemon water right to like charge up the engine like we are a water-based machine just breathing you're using up a liter of water a day just talking is another liter and then proper organ functions is another liter and if you have activity, then you should be drinking enough. So that's almost a gallon of water that the body actually needs. So water first and foremost. Then we go for a walk, we'll come back, we'll have a smoothie. Like this morning we got a fruit smoothie. Um, dates are in the smoothie. Dates are amazing. They're high in calories and they're like super sweet, good fiber. Um, so that like that's how you can get a lot of calories in a smoothie is adding like five dates or something to a smoothie, right? So you know, medjool dates like 50 calories. So then we'll have, if we're hungry in between the smoothie and lunch, we'll have some more fruit, you know, like maybe like a apple. Uh, applesauce is really fun to make with those apples that maybe you didn't get to in time. They're oh, like I have a few of those right now. <laughs> yeah. So what you do is you just, you know, you could, you don't have to peel them, but you can just core them, throw them in the blender with some dates and a little lemon juice. Beautiful applesauce. So good. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is so, so good. Sweet. So yeah. And then we do, um, you know, either another smoothie or banana ice cream for lunch or a salad. And a lot of times it's a salad with like a fat free. And, and of course it's like nothing, the romaine lettuce has a little bit of fat in it. So nothing is actually ever truly fat free, but it's like very low fat, um, like no nuts or seeds in the dressings, like, you know, and then for dinner is another salad, uh, a higher fat dressing, like, you know, using some nuts or seeds, tahini, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then if we want, you know, dessert, we'll have banana ice cream. Um, so the banana ice cream is really cool for those people who are listening. You know, the best time to freeze your bananas is when they're like really ripe, like funky. You're looking at the banana. You're like, I do not want to eat that banana. That's the perfect time to freeze that banana because it's turned to a sugar from a starch to a sugar. It's going to be sweeter. It's not going to be delicious to eat raw. Like, you know, so freeze yeah, it, peel it, throw it on a plate, <laughs> freeze it. Yeah. Those make the best an ice cream and the best you know to add to your smoothies um which is great do you think like that's the cheaper time to get the banana even you know if you can just get them you know super cheap like sometimes we buy 40 pound cases for five bucks just come home and freeze them all right because the stores are just going to throw them away so that's essentially it it's it's really like fruit smoothies salads fruit smoothie salads every day right now but of course the salads like you know somebody might be listening that that's really boring like salads can be so different what you add into them and you can do things differently, like, you know, spiralize the cucumber. It's different than just having, you know, cubed up cucumber. Um, and then, of course, the dressings. The dressings make the salad. And that's where you're going to get, like, uh, a good portion of your calories. So, you know, but we hit, like, we do the chronometers. 
uh, where we're putting in like what we actually eat in a day. And like, man, you know, we do our gut tests, like our, you know, we have really healthy guts, like iron guts. We eat a lot of garlic and onions and things in our salads and uh, in our dressings, but that's essentially it. Smoothies, salads, and ice cream, and then fruit for snacks. So very, very simple. But of course, if anybody comes to our pages, Raw Natty Nate or Raw Food Romance, they can see what we're actually making. And we make all kinds of stuff. Sushi, burgers, lasagna, tacos, you know, like it's all raw. And uh, say like the burger is either, you know, a portobello mushroom for the bun or lettuce for the bun. You know, and the burger is made out of, you know, either it's a, like a low fat burger or a higher fat burger made with seeds. Um, you know, we make crackers and fermented foods and we have microgreens that we add to everything. The microgreens we can't get to, we'll like dehydrate them or freeze dry them. We actually just picked up a freeze dryer. <laughs> So super, super, super stoked about that. that freeze dried stuff is really cool and super light and it retains like 97% of the nutrition as opposed to like dehydrating is only retaining around 60% of the nutrition. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's really, really incredible. And then like, you know, huh. for backpacking and stuff like that, like the meals you can make are really light. That's actually the next book we're working on this year is uh, traveling meals that you can, you know, take with you that'll be raw you know, dehydrated and freeze dried. Cause there's a lot of people who have freeze dryers for like prepping up food, you know, the food storage and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's really it. I mean, we, you know, it's pretty much the same thing, but we eat over a hundred, anywhere from 80 to a hundred different plant species a week. Wow. So very diverse diet, but essentially that's it. Smoothies, salads, and ice cream. It sounds delicious to me. <laughs> the ice cream sounds really good right now, oh even gosh. though it's cold outside, but I'm like, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream is so good. Yeah. I put the about. heater on and then I'll eat it, you know? Yeah, there you <laughs> like... go. Exactly. Yeah. Do you make ice cream? I ha I do. I haven't made it in a while, but. Oh, so good. Oh yeah. It's so, so good. good. You know, a good one is like some lemon juice, some zest from the lemon and, uh, you know, uh, maybe a couple dates. If you want to do some dates in there, soaked dates is always kind of cool. Cause then you can add the water to it. And then some blueberries, like a cup of blueberries, and then some frozen bananas, like a lemon blueberry. Oh, so oh good. Gosh. And then, of course, you can eat that breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It doesn't matter. Like, it's yeah. just bananas. You yeah, know what I mean? It's just bananas. It's bananas, man. Bananas. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Do you, like, what's, so you said that you are working on a new book. Um yeah. Is that going to be out like fairly soon that'll out, or like what? It'll be out 2024, probably a, a nice. year, you know, a little cool. over a year from now. Cause you know, we want to put a lot of work into that and make sure like everything's up to par. Um, I do have a course that I'm working on that'll be coming out, uh, coming here this May. Um, and it'll basically be a kitchen course, like how to set up your kitchen what tools and stuff are the best, you know, to, to use, especially as a raw foodie. Um, and yeah, you know, like uh, it's, I, I've got like, you know, I've been kind of toying with this other book. It's kind of on the back burner called uh, Sprouted Breads and Spreads, but it's on the back burner. I don't even know when I'm going to tap back into that, but I've got to like, put more work into that, you know, like, yeah, just like different things that we could make for you know, like crackers and breads and stuff like that, but keeping it, keeping it raw. Right. Um, but yeah, then my wife, she just revamped her 52 to a new you book. And that's coming out here really soon. That was a really cool book. Um, it's like 300 pages of just like total change your life kind of thing, like everything to do with, you know, veganism and, you know, recalibrating your brain and how to become a completely different person within a year. Um, so, yeah, you know, we have like, I don't know, maybe 20 books together and, you know, a couple courses and we're always creating new stuff. So, yeah. Love it. Fun. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, it is again, it has been a pleasure. And yeah. we'll have to have you back on again because I think Excellent. we have a lot of topics we can cover. <laughs> yes, definitely. Anytime. Anytime, Rebecca. Thank you so much for providing space and uh, we will see you on the next one. Sounds good. Until next time, peace and plants. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had such a blast chatting with Nate and am so excited for the spring and summer seasons because I find it even easier to eat more raw foods when there is such an abundance of yummy, delicious local fruits and veggies. So if you are thinking about being more raw, this is a perfect time to try it out. So be sure to check out all of his YouTube videos and his Instagram. And as always, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have enjoyed, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share all the things. Until next time, my beautiful friends, peace and plants.